Ankle stiffness, awesome for a running back, awesome for anybody who's accelerating. Notice how he gets his little pump going. All of this is isometric. All the core is isometric. Look at the incline press position. Hey there guys, so I've got something cool and a bit different for you today. We're gonna have a guest video from honorary pioneer and recent contributor to the channel, JC Santana. He's also one of the absolute luminaries of functional training, someone who's been around since the beginning of this movement, so he really knows what he's talking about. He has tons of exciting ideas and he works at the Institute of Human Performance, but gets to test all of them in a real world setting on top athletes, on special forces and on regular folks. So yeah, he has lots of awesome stuff to contribute. And if you do find it interesting, then be sure to check out JC Santana at his YouTube channel. You can see that flashing up on the screen right now. I'll also put a link to it in the description down below. Today he's going to be talking about car pushes, truck pushes or sled pushes and how they can be an excellent tool in your arsenal, particularly if you're interested in running faster, jumping higher and uses this as a vehicle, no pun intended, to talk about some of his philosophies regarding the specificity principle and how this compares to something like the squat. It's really interesting stuff so check it out and let me know what you think. Of course, I'll be back as usual very soon with more of my regular stuff. I'm going to be doing a video on the mind-muscle connection. I'm going to be doing a focus on one of my favorite exercises. And I've also got a video coming on One Punch Man training because it has been hotly requested since the Baki training video really took off. So without further ado, I'll hand you over to JC. All right, when we're talking about specificity, we got to look at specificity from a broader perspective. Um, a lot of the traditional exercises that we use in the gym do produce power, do produce strength, do develop strength and power. However, you got to look at the mechanics, okay? If you look at the squat, at the deadlift, and good mornings, high cleans, all of the Olympic lifts, one of the things you see is flat-footed. You see everybody wiggling the toes, driving from the heels. A lot of hip hinging, huge flexion in the hip huge flexion in the knee and huge dorsiflexion, all right? Also, oftentimes you're squatting deep, deep, deep into the hole. That, you know, is very difficult. It gives you great muscular development. However, if you look at specificity, running, walking, cutting, all of that is not that. If you look at the angles of the hips, they're relatively small angles. The torso is usually upright. Uh, especially when you're trying to jump in uh, volleyball, when you're trying to jump in basketball, the torso is very high. When you're accelerating in football, rugby, and all of that, you can have a lower torso. However, although there may be hip flexion, you got to look at the amount of knee flexion, okay, and ankle flexion. It is not what we think of when we're squatting, lunging, doing step up. It's in none of those traditional lifts. When you're looking at uh, generating forces from the heel and flat footed especially when you're running and you're jumping, it's not that way. It does not pan out that way. Actually, when you're running, everybody knows it's from the ball of the foot, especially during the acceleration phase. But also when you're jumping, when you have a lead jump, okay, whether it's one-legged or two-legged, the final takeoff and the huge transfer of forces occurs at the ball of the foot, which requires ankle stiffness at about 90 degrees. And this is very, very obvious when we're doing exercises that are extremely functional that we like, like the car push or the sled push. It is very specific to human locomotion. It is very specific to sports speed and sports acceleration. 
and it's a lot more specific than the traditional lifts that we are used to using in all of the gyms. So when you're looking at trying to develop athletic prowess, athletic lungs, athletic legs, power endurance, and the right biomechanics that are very, very forgiving on the body, you have to consider exercises like the truck push and the sled push. Now, once you get the biomechanics out of the way, and that's very easy because all you have to do is look at videos and look at the best. Look at the best in sports when you look at videos. And you'll see that those best in sports are usually not very strong in a gym. Uh, their bodies are really not, you know, um, very muscular or hugely muscular. Uh, I'm thinking of Colby. I'm thinking of Michael Jordan. I'm thinking of uh, LeBron James. Uh, I'm thinking of Muhammad Ali in a different sport. A multitude of sports. Uh, of athletes that are lean, all of the martial arts lean. There's, some are fast, some can jump, some are uh, fast twitchy, uh, others have endurance out the wazoo, and none of them are impressive in a gym. Yet, they're Hall of Famers. So my question is, what, what characteristics, what genetics, what abilities do these people naturally possess that are not developed in a strength gym Okay, that allow them to do their sports at the highest level. That's number one. Number two, what kind of training do I need to acquire some of these characteristics? Because if the characteristics I'm looking for belong to people that are not really gym goers or gym buffs or gym elites, okay, they just kind of go to the gym and do a little something, then why am I killing everybody in the gym to try to get these characteristics? The people who have them are not in the gym. And if they are, it's just basically maintenance and light training. So that leads me to what kind of strength are we developing? How much strength is enough? How heavy are we going? And more importantly, what damage is that heavy, heavy banging causing us in the fourth and fifth decade of life? So when you look at the biomechanics, you look at the characteristics of elite people versus people who try to earn those characteristics by strength training. And the idea that the more strength training we do, the more of these characteristics we are going to acquire. And so the impetus and the motivation for going heavy, heavy and abusing your body is there. Why? In pursuit of the characteristics, which have a huge genetic component that's not acquired in the gym. So when you look at the biomechanics, when you look at the amount of work, when you look at the style of training and you look at the intensity and volume of training and you look at the last 10, 15 years, look at the people in the NFL, look at the athletes in the NFL, look at the athletes in, 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 uh, in sports and you're seeing hip replacement, hip replacement, shoulder replacement, hip replacement, knee replacement. Then you have to say, is the training that we're doing, especially the heavy training that we're doing to get or develop the characteristics that some people have naturally. Is it worth the wear and tear? Is it worth artificial joints when you're 40 and 50 years old? Okay, is it worth it? And is it needed? Because even if it's worth it, if it's not needed, that means you can be great at your sport without tearing your body up, then we have to look for that. Then we have to look for that. And that's why one of the things that we have done here at IHP is start substituting, okay, some of these big, big lifts that have the tendency to be abused, like cleans, deadlifts, squats, 
good mornings and start looking at alternatives that are more effective with less time in and definitely less wear and tear. And when I tell you more effective, for sure, because you cannot argue with the specificity principle and you can't argue with the biomechanics. That again can be seen squat, which is normally used to run faster and jump higher versus the truck push versus a sled push, which we can do the same with less, less wear and tear. The joint angles are a lot more forgiving and the kinetic chain works a lot more naturally. The loads are not as aggressive and boy, can you really get in great shape and develop awesome legs and awesome upper body using the truck push and the sled push. All right, so let's narrow this to five great reasons why we do truck pushes. Number one, it looks so cool. It looks so cool. There's no way you're not getting a high school or a college athlete, even a pro athlete, and you're putting them behind a navigator, a Hummer, or, or any other car, and you say, we're gonna do truck pushes, and they're not gonna go, wow, okay, cool. It's not gonna happen. Okay, that's number one. Number two, specificity. If you look at the bipedal action, one leg at a time, uh, ankle stiffness, knee flexion, dorsiflexion, acceleration angle. If you look at all the things that we want, especially in running down the field or down the court, it doesn't beat it. Number three, it's only concentric, which is huge because it's the eccentric that gives you the muscle tear that causes the dom and that causes a lot of strength gains. However, we have the Kaiser Runner, which is concentric, eccentric, concentric. And man, that gets you tired. And that makes your legs sore. It makes your hamstrings sore. It makes your glutes sore. But the car push rarely makes you sore. Why? Because when you come up and it's eccentric back in here and in the quads, you're not on the ground. You put your foot on the ground and then you push. So it's positive, positive, positive. Huge, huge benefit because the delayed on muscle soreness from car pushes are almost non-existent. Number four, it involves the entire body because here you're pushing, everything is tight and your legs are pumping. So here you are, look man, if you get tired with a squat, okay, you, you better have a spotter or a deadlift, you better have a spotter or you better have a rack. If not, you're in trouble. If you get tired with a car push, you slow down. You get really tired, you stop. So the safety perspective is immense but the entire body work is also incredible. You're pushing with your hands, your core is tight. Everything here is isometrically stabilized and your legs are pumping. If you do short inertial pushes like, like we uh, like to call them, no cardio, just leg power. If you do one, one circle around our parking lot, you have a minute 20, a minute 15, and it is grinding. And number five, it's a real life movement. Heaven forbid, if your car breaks down, it's always good. And this happened to my sister. Her car broke down. She pushed it off the road and people were like, wow, this woman got behind her car? Well, she's used to pushing a navigator. Alexis ain't no problem. So it's a real life movement. If you're pushing a refrigerator, it's kind of the same thing. If you're pushing furniture, it's kind of the same thing. Again, the fact that it's a compound real life movement is one of the greatest benefits of the car push. You cannot not consider this modality of training. Another fantastic thing about the car push, especially on our parking lot, is that you can periodize it. People don't think you can periodize um, 
a sled or a car push? Well, we have five yard, what we call inertial pushes, which is just to get the car moving. So it goes from a dead stop to maybe five yards. And that is your strength. That is your hardcore movement. Then we have eyes, which downhill, which gets you going. It's almost like an acceleration uh, training, right? And so you can use that acceleration training during your conditioning. You can use the inertial pushes during uh, strength. Then when you take your inertial pushes, you push that car really hard for five to 10 meters. And then you break into a sprint. You can rest a minute or immediately break into a, a sprint. And that neurologically activates your central nervous system and then deloads the sprint so you can get more power. That's your power phase, okay? We already said the strength phase is the inertial. The long uh, 15, 20 second phases are your conditioning. And last, your power endurance phase, man, you can just do an entire parking lot and we're gonna show you how unique the parking lot at IHP is, all right? We, we even have little uphills that we use for strength training over 10 meters. So depending on what you're doing with the car, the landscape and the topography of the parking lot or the street that you're in, you can use your car for speed, strength, power, and power endurance, all right? So don't miss this incredible type of training. All right. Let's see one of the best at IHP do the car push. Gilbert Burns, soon to be the welterweight champion of the UFC. All right, here we go. He's always happy. And this is what I want you to see. Look at this. Ankle stiffness, awesome for a running back, awesome for anybody who's accelerating. Notice how he gets his little pump going. All of this is isometric. All the core is isometric. Look at the incline press position of the shoulders core stiffness core stiffness look at the angle of the knees extremely forgiven i don't even uh i don't even think that he goes to 45 degree of knee flexion his torso is although leaning forward if you see the torso relative to the femur in other words how much um how much hip hinging is there not much positive positive See, he went down, this is all down the hill, and now he's gonna go up his first hill. So the topography of the IHP parking lot has all of these challenges. Now when he's tired, he's gotta go uphill, soon coming down a hill, and this teaches you when it starts to get easy and you're tired, don't go easy. That's when you gotta push, because you have to create enough momentum coming down the hill to tackle this uphill. And this teaches you when the thing gets going, that's when you got to push. Look at that. His heels have never touched the ground. He's kept his body nice and flat. The hip hinging at the at the um, hips are is minimal. He's still there with a partial knee flexion, all isometric in the hands, finishing his uphill. And now he's gone over the uphill. He turns. When he turns, those tires really bite down on the um, on the uh, on the on the concrete and you can see he's done. And that is the car push at IHP.